Time for our spotlight on KRWC, and on this Thursday, we have a guest in studio from Buffalo Community Theater. Jordan Robichon is with us to uh, talk about the uh, BCT production of Neil Simon's Barefoot in the Park, which is coming up. And Jordan, welcome. Good morning to you. Thank you. Good morning. Glad to be back here. Nice to have you here. A little uh, bright spot to uh, an otherwise gloomy uh, kind of looking Thursday morning here. but Yeah, absolutely. Muddy drive on the way over here. I suppose, sure. <laughs> yeah. You guys have been busy here about getting prepared for Barefoot in the Park. Absolutely. It seems faster than usual, but I think I say that every single time I do a production. But yeah, we've definitely been really busy and um, picking it back up from where we left off back in 2020 during the first, you know, parts of the pandemic. So we had a little bit of practice in 2020, but pr- pretty much starting from a clean slate now. So is this the first production back now? This isn't. We had Charlotte's Web. Oh, and that's we had, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, in fact, you were in for that. I that's think. That's right. Yeah. It was. Um, but you know, this one was scheduled for 2020. We had gone to a couple weeks of rehearsals, and then it got canceled, um, which was a bummer for all of us. But um, you know, we remembered some things, but mostly we were starting from scratch after a year. So, um, yeah, so we've, we've been very, very busy trying to, you know, it's a, it's a tough play and it's a funny play. So you have to work really hard to get everything balanced. Now you're a member of the cast, but you're also on the, are you're on the board of BCT too? Correct. Okay. Yes. What role do you play there? Well, so I'm, I'm a, I guess you would say a general board member. Mm-hmm. Um, so we work, uh, with committees. So I'm a member of the publicity committee, technology committee, um, and also the production committee. Um, and so we all kind of play a part in how we run Buffalo community theater and, uh, we all have a voice and we vote and make decisions together. Um, so that's, that's a unique experience because trying to help organize things with shows, I don't do everything, even just small parts of that is very tough when you're also in the cast every night. Uh, there's not a lot of extra time to put in some extra work. So that's that's a tough balance, too. It's been really interesting. And you guys, as you mentioned, uh, kind of slogged through totally uncharted territory here, as everybody else did, too, uh, over the uh, last year and a half or better. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to get back into it, you're always taking a chance. You don't know who's going to be comfortable coming out to see the show. You don't know, you know, if people are just not ready to come out because they're too busy cleaning up their house or doing whatever so yeah you definitely take some chances and but you have to do that in order to get back into things so so the uh, production is barefoot in the park now this is uh what neil simon of course uh so witty and so uh uh so well heralded for uh you know his uh um kind of i don't know what to even call really kind of a thinking man's comedy type stuff Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think maybe some people will laugh at this, but it reminds me a lot of the humor you would see on Friends the mm-hmm. sitcom or a regular sitcom that you'd see on TV. And so, yeah, it's very fast, um, you know, very witty and uh, it doesn't stop moving. And, and I don't stop laughing and I don't think the audience will either. It's really funny. And this was originally produced, what, is it 50s or early 60s? Uh, 63, I was 60s. Okay. So early 60s, 61, 62. It's set in 1963, I believe. Okay. Hopefully I'm not wrong. So it was a contemporary piece at the time, and now is kind of a little bit of a reflective piece, but a lot of stuff carries over. Correct. Yeah, the humor of, you know, a naive young couple who thinks they know it all and thinks they know how to make it all work, uh, that is kind of transcends those boundaries of, of time and stuff. So people definitely are going to think it's funny. There are some references from the 60s, which people will appreciate, I'm sure. Um, but um, yeah, it's definitely kind of... doesn't matter what generation you're in, that, that everybody can relate to the relationship piece of it. 
Review for us the uh, kind of the bits and pieces that put together the plot. You, you mentioned a little bit of it, but kind of set it up for us for those that aren't familiar. Sure. So um, the the story centers around Paul and Corey. I play Paul, um, and uh, they're a newlywed couple who are very different. So Paul is a straight-laced lawyer. Um, you know, he's very organized and has a very specific idea of how he wants things to look. Corey is kind of wild, adventurous. She um, wants to take chances. She wants to do things like walk barefoot in the park. And um, that would be a start for me to walk barefoot in the park, but I just can't bring myself to do it. Um, We have purchased a new apartment, and it's not exactly what we had in mind. And so kind of dealing with the adventures of a terrible apartment, um, a relationship that is, you know, just starting off trying to figure out our differences and stuff like that. It's kind of the center of it. I'm not sure how much more to say about it. Yeah. And set in New York City? Correct. Yeah. Yes. In a old brownstone in New York. Very good. Um, and talk a little bit about the cast, uh, the or maybe the characters, and then we'll get into who is playing these characters. Sure. Um, so in addition to Paul and Corey, there's um, their kind of strange upstairs neighbor, Victor Velasco. Um, He skis, climbs mountains. He's 58 years old. And uh, he is, I think they describe him as generally foreign. (laughs) They don't really specify where. Um, But uh, then there's uh, Corey's mother, who comes in uh, uninvited occasionally. Um, And uh, they... I mean, you can just think that conflicting personalities um, kind of cause a really interesting scene to unfold on stage. And then there's, uh, of course, the telephone repair man and delivery man, which um, are important pieces. The telephone repair uh, woman actually is, I compared uh, her character last night to, no, I can't think of the name, but it's uh, the angel from um, the Christmas movie, Every Time a Bell Rings. Um, but anyway, she's she has this wisdom that she shares with them occasionally, and, and it's it's very fun to and see. like a female Clarence, wasn't Clarence, it? Clarence, yeah. Clarence the Angel, that's mm-hmm. what it was, yeah. So that's what I was kind of comparing her to. Um, so yeah, that's the cast. It's a small cast, very small cast, but it's been really fun and intimate for all of us. So. And uh, I don't recall for sure, This is is this pretty much just uh, straight lines? This is not musical, is it? No. No, this is not a musical, just straight lines. Mm-hmm. Um which I enjoy. Uh, very fast, lots of lines, makes it really tough to keep track of for us, but it's, it's a blast to watch. For decades there, uh, 50s and 60s, boy, Neil Simon, well, I guess in some parts, even into the 70s, Neil Simon was just a prolific writer, man. He had stuff coming out all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I got to be honest, I'm not even familiar with the majority of his work. I mean, I know The Odd Couple and I know Barefoot in the Park. Sure. And, uh, yeah, but he's got a hand, I mean, tons of tons of plays and different things he's written. He's got a very specific style that's been important for our director, Dr. Mary Cutler, to help keep us on track, true to his style and yeah. things like that. And it's always kind of this, um, the interaction between characters is always, you know, uh, uh, kind of central to his stuff. And he really kind of, kind of dives into building characters and you kind of really get to know them. Absolutely. And that's a really important part of not just this play, but any play. Um, But specifically with a play like this, that's funny, you know, knowing your true motives and knowing why you're understanding your character, understanding what's happening on stage and listening helps you kind of naturally unfold some of these funny parts and stuff like that. Now you mentioned this was actually scheduled to go a year plus ago, but it it works 
pretty well in being the one kind of coming back to the the main stage. Just, uh, boy, everybody needs some laughs here. That's right, yeah. And we, we did that with Charlotte's Web. That was a fun, happy play that we could get families together. This one's another one. This was another fun, happy play. I mean, there are some serious parts, of course. But, you know, I think for me, I... I don't laugh out loud that much when I'm reading, but when I read the script, I, I was laughing out loud several several times. So um, it's very, very funny. It's a good way to come back in and get into live theater and feel good, uh, you know, even around Halloween and stuff like that to just spend some time laughing. And it's going to be good for everybody, I think. Was the cast set? Is it the same cast that was set uh, a year plus ago? Almost. Okay. Um, we had one uh one person leave he moved to wisconsin so obviously he couldn't continue doing it but um other than that yeah it's the same cast i i almost wasn't able to do it but we worked it out with my schedule and my wife's schedule um so it's pretty much the same cast tell us about who the other cast members are yeah so um heather halstead plays Corey. she is my wife in the show um she also starred in music man as um oh geez can't even remember the main woman and music man, but she's been in a lot of plays in uh, BCT, Buffalo Community Theater. Um, also, Victor Velasco is played by Lee Weber. He um, has done a couple plays around the area, quite a few plays around the area. I don't know all of his history. Um, mother, uh, who is Ethel, is played by um, Kayla Aninga. I don't know how to say her last name. Sorry, Kayla. Um, and then we have the telephone repair person, who is Teresa Kentner. And then the delivery man, which is James Stats. Okay, they're all from around the area or various parts. Pretty close. Um, I know that uh, um, Lee is from Blaine. Um, oh. Mary's from Minneapolis. She's the director. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Heather's from Dassel Cocado area. Um, but I think everybody else lives in Buffalo. Well, you've. <laughs> this probably is the most amount of time you've had to run lines for any performance ever a year plus well theoretically right if i kept on held on to my <laughs> script for that long yeah i suppose um, you guys kind of just took yeah. a break from it and let it go for a exactly while. i mean we never knew when we would pick it back up because we actually talked about like six months prior to this potentially would it be coming back pretty soon so i ended up losing my script um but we got a new script and it's it's hard to go over lines when you don't have a partner Personally, I, I find, I mean, I, I can, once I read through them a couple times, I'll go through and memor- memorize them on my own. But um, yeah, so we, we've theoretically had a long time, but boy, it feels quick. It felt really quick. This this performance date snuck up on me, but I think we're ready. We're, we're definitely itching to get up on stage and do our performance. When you set the date to come back with this, uh, the performance date, uh, how long ago was that that you, you know, okay, time to time to get back going here again? Oh boy. So, you know, I think actually when they did that scheduling, I wasn't, was not yet a member of the board or those discussions. However, I think it was a few months. I mean, it was obviously a few months ago, but part of the challenge was kind of working with everybody, working with the director, seeing what her availability still was, you know, making sure that we could still have people lined up around this timeline. Um, So, uh, you know, I don't have a, a great timeline for when that happened, yeah. but you know it was a, it was definitely a flexible thing, being flexible with the people involved. But you've been rehearsing now for how long? About a month. Okay, about a month, a little bit, a little bit more, I think. One thing I guess about this is that um, you know it's it's mostly about the story and the dialogue. Not that the sets aren't important, but you know, not a lot of real huge emphasis on that in this one. 
You know, it, it's funny because I would actually disagree. I would think, you know, we, we talk about moving into an apartment, which I, I'm being careful to not give anything away. I mean, it's that's the first thing you see is this apartment, which is not a great apartment. Um, and that's the first conflict they're experiencing as a couple. Um, and so our, you know, set designer, Diane Palu, and our set builder, Phil Ludwig, they put in a lot of work. I mean, they basically built an entire apartment on the stage. Mm. So, yeah, it's the same set, the yeah. whole play, but um, it has to also be built throughout. So we have to decorate it. We have to make it look like a brand new place we just walked into with suitcases and to a furnished apartment. So, it, you know, with the props, especially, um, the prop master has a really tough job jennifer anderson she i mean it's really really prop heavy there's lots of things moving in and out of the stage at all times and and us as actors have a lot of props too to keep track of so the basics of it kind of stay the same but there's always ever-changing things around it exactly yeah you're seeing this um home become an actual home throughout the play but unlike some of the other performances you know you're not switching from uh, interior to you know, some gigantic cityscape or things like that. That's right. Yeah. It's as if you're kind of peering into this apartment through a window, watching everything unfold. Yeah. Uh, and where do you draw f uh, props from? Just anywhere and everywhere? Yeah. You know, I've been actually really, really interested in the process. I mean, it's a mix of thrift stores. Um, you know, BCT has a couple storage units um, in different areas that we store kind of all of our old props from shows and things like that. Um, sometimes you have to just order things online and they have to use their imaginations for a lot of things. And, um, I've been really surprised and laughed at a couple of things that they use, you know, Tic Tacs for pills and gnocchi and pasta for some of the food that we eat on stage and stuff like that. And, um, uh, you know, food coloring and water for the different beverages that we drink on stage and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So it's, it's really fun to see it to see them walk in with some of these random things and you're like, Oh yeah, I forgot. I need a handkerchief and, and nasal spray. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's very, very detailed and interesting the, the tech crew doesn't often get all the recognition they deserve, but I mean, it's, it, it all has to come together from, from all of us actors and tech, but man, it's what they put together sometimes is outstanding. Yeah. And the pieces are kind of period correct or it, uh, as oh, close yeah. as can be. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny because uh, Lee, um, was explaining something to us last night, and hopefully he doesn't get mad if he's listening. But uh, we were talking about the phone numbers um, and the way that you used to say them back uh, in the 60s. And mm -hmm. we, we were saying them with the wrong emphasis, as if you were saying a phone number like, you know, 6124-558-462. You know, I totally, you know, we usually have a rhythm. And he was talking about the rhythm of the phone numbers was, you know, street name one yep. and then 5892 or something, you mm -hmm. know, so... Uh, we, trying to keep things very time period accurate is a challenge of, as well, yeah. and, and fun fun to see because I'm I'm 33, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the 60s were like. Kind of an important uh, detail there for Neil Simon's Barefoot in the Park with Buffalo Community Theater. We're talking today with uh, cast member and also BCT board member Jordan Robichon. Um, let's talk a little bit about performances and location, and uh, you've got. Uh, kind of a mix again of evening and matinee performances. That is correct. So we're doing all of these performances at uh, Discovery Auditorium. That's at Discovery Elementary School in Buffalo. The performances are October 29th, 30th, 31st, and November 5th, 6th, and 7th. We're going to have socially distanced performances on uh, Sunday the 31st. That's a matinee performance. So all of those Sunday performances are at 2 o'clock. So Sunday the 31st and Sunday the 7th are at 2 o'clock. The other performances are at 730 
Um, so our socially distanced shows are the 31st and the 5th. So that's going to automatically, we are, our um, ticketing system places distance between groups of people automatically. So that's really good for people who might be uncomfortable coming to a show. And then the other thing is we're going to be re requiring masks for all audience members. Um, that's just because we're all in a closed area. Nobody needs to be coughing and, you know, blowing yep. saliva and things on other people. So that's just to kind of help keep live theater alive right now because if things go wrong then we'll all get shut down again yeah and tickets are available where go to bctmn.org and there is a link at the top for um, box office and buying tickets and you can just click it there and select your seats which has worked out great i think ever since uh, it was implemented because you, you kind of know automatically or at least have a real good idea where you're going to be and and you know some people prefer to be uh, in the balcony and others uh, do not and etc. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's always a benefit of, uh, you know, buying your tickets online. It's easier. Um, you get to pick where you want to sit. And um, I mean, it's not necessarily cheaper or anything. It's just, um, you know, you'll have it all taken care of up front. So buy them ahead of time um, while the good tickets are available. I mean, all the tickets are good, but while your tickets are potentially available, you can select exactly what you want. Sure. And what's uh, running length on this is about how long? Oh, geez. It's about Two and a half, two and a half hours or so, um, I believe, because it's running about 7.30 to a little bit before 10 o'clock. With an intermission in there somewhere, Exactly. Sure. So there's actually two intermissions during oh. this one. There's a 15-minute standard intermission and because there's three acts, and then we do a quick five-minute inter intermission between act two and four, uh, three. Yeah. It's just to get up, stretch your legs, things like that. Good deal. Uh, well, we hope that uh, the play as a sellout or as sold out as it can be in the circumstances that uh, that we have here two weekends to see it uh run the dates again for us here if you it's will october 29th 30th and 31st that's friday saturday and sunday and then november 5th 6th and 7th and times again are uh it's seven o'clock on the 29th 30th and the 5th and 6th and then two o'clock on the 31st and 7th those are the sunday matinee performances at right. two o'clock so you've got, uh, if you prefer the matinees, and some people do, uh, a couple of opportunities there. Otherwise, the evening performances as well. And I, I like uh, Discovery is kind of intimate, you know, and it's uh, maybe, I don't know, if, uh, there's certainly plenty of great things about the uh, Performing Arts Center as well, but um, Discovery kind of is that, um, you know, a little... A little more quaint, more intimate with the audience. It's historic. You know, when you're in there, you can feel it. It's 1936 or something like that. And so yeah. it's it's definitely being in there. It's a an intimate performance setting, and it's it's historic. You feel like you're in an older theater. Very mm -hmm. nice. Good deal. Jordan Robichon, our guest with Buffalo Community Theater on today's Spotlight on KRWC. And we uh, certainly uh, wish you the best of success, as always. And we look forward to talking with you about future productions. Thank you very much, Tim. All right. Thanks a lot. There's today's Spotlight on KRWC.